0: have to fail i mean if you never fail in life how how do you know i mean it's like everything given to you you have to be able to you know they always say you'll appreciate it more but you got to try things and you got to push yourself and you know that's what i love about sports i think that's
1: what everybody's missing with it right now and thank you so much for joining us for the run the race podcast episode number 23 And uh, it is now the month of May. Uh, Hard to believe we are already here and uh, we are still in the midst of everything happening with the COVID-19 pandemic. We're still waiting for sports to come back on TV and for us to be able to go to uh, uh, baseball games or even football games. And in fact, my guest for today is an Arena League football coach former college football player who's going to talk to me about uh, changes in football due to COVID-19, the pandemic, and what players or what really what anyone can do in terms of staying in shape while we're all social distancing. He talks about uh, faith in God, how that plays a role on and off the field. He talks about his team, the Columbus Lions, which he's won three championships with uh, just south of Atlanta, and also uh, the NFL. He's had some time in the CFL and playing professional football in Europe as well. So looking forward to talking to Coach Jason Gibson. You'll hear from him in just a few minutes. But first I wanted to talk about something that I have decided to do, uh, joining about 18,000 other people across the world in doing this. It's called the Great Virtual Race Across Tennessee 1000k um well if you are a runner if you like to to accept different challenges um as an athlete or anything um obviously a lot of races really all of them have been canceled all around the world all the marathons and things that I would like to do are canceled so a lot of people are doing virtual races well that's what this is um it is a 1021k route which is about 635 miles now it is, uh, going to be going from May 1st, which just a few days ago, all the way through August 31st. So really a, uh, a big virtual race of the summer, you got four months to do it. So the average you need to have is about five miles a day or about 35 to 36 miles uh, a week. And continue that on. So I figured, you know, try to get this challenge going. 635 miles over the next four months. Let's get it going. I just uh, ran a 20-mile long run last weekend. So I am fully on my way. You don't have to be in Tennessee to participate. You can see progress on a live map going from one tip of Tennessee to the other. This was created by... A guy that um, is, is kind of uh, crazy, but uh, really creative. His name is Lazarus Lake. Laz, he is the uh, race director for Barkley Marathons, which if you haven't heard of that, there's some documentaries on that. It's also called The Race That Eats Its Young. Um, so uh, Laz says uh, the race is 123 days long, this virtual, great virtual race across Tennessee, more than 1,000K. Um, he's quoted as saying the key is to be patient and consistent. You do not want to begin by pushing yourself to excessive distances and risk injury. Start out doing the distance you can comfortably do and stay motivated to go out every day. Laz also, uh, in his words of wisdom, says, some days you're not going to feel like going out. But the hardest part of every run is the first step. That is well said. And he says, keep your eye on the prize. You'll discover that you can do more. Than you thought you could do, and uh, that's inspiration from uh, Laz Lake, as uh, he is now the leader of this great virtual race across Tennessee, a thousand k, and uh, again an average of uh, five miles a day. And uh, I think I've done uh, forty miles this first week, so. Uh, We'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. We're talking a little bit about football and sports today. And and our guest for today, Coach Jason Gibson, who's the head coach and director of football operations for the Columbus Lions, an arena football team uh, in Columbus, Georgia. He's in his uh, 14th season in that job uh, where he's led the Lions to 102 wins and 44 losses, making the playoffs all but one of those seasons as the head coach, and uh, the Columbus Lions had a perfect season, went undefeated in 2015 with the PIFL Championship. Then his Lions won the SIFL Championship and back in 2010. Uh, he has a lot of high school football coaching experience. He also uh, played football at Fairmont State University in West Virginia. First he was a quarterback, then he uh, became wide receiver, finished seventh in the nation, in receiving touchdowns, 18 in one year. In fact, he went on to play with the BC Lions and Toronto Argonauts in the Canadian Football League, then with the Marburg Mercenaries in the GFL Europe, where he led the league with 24 receiving touchdowns, so he definitely knows how to play football. Jason's also married, has two sons and a daughter. He talks a little bit about that in our chat with him. Coach Jason Gibson joins us now on the podcast. Thanks so much for uh, taking time for us today.
0: Appreciate it. It was fun coming out. It's good seeing you, man.
1: Yeah. Well, um, the uh, the first uh, thing we do is the fast four. of course, getting to know you a little bit. Right. So, uh, first of all, what is your job description at both work and also at home?
0: Wow. The work description would be all of the above. <laughs> so, no, I'm the head coach, uh, general manager of operations for the Columbus Lions, the arena football team. Mm. And that job description goes from everything from coaching players, everything football operations wise to, you know, helping secure sponsorships, organize season tickets, help with social media. So I really much kind of run it all.
1: Yeah, and you're busy at home as well. And
0: so my job at home is to make sure everybody's happy. (laughs) Your three kids and your wife. Three kids, my wife Sarah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So. Absolutely. Uh, how do you uh, stay physically fit? Maybe that's different from what it was 10, 20 years ago, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was funny. I was
0: having lunch with a friend. And he was talking about him, you know, running five miles every three days and going to the gym every three days. And it's a lifestyle. And uh, I told him, I said, man, once you hit 43 now, I'm telling you, things start going a little bit slower. Things start popping. You know, uh, we played a dad's versus grad's game in Glenwood. And I got out there and, you know, tweaked my hamstring, you know, because I don't stretch. But um i don't know i stay in shape just because i'm always active
1: yeah i'm active age is just a number though you know yeah i feel good i feel good good. (laughs) um you know
0: i i I love a friend of mine got me into uh uh, rucking along about two years ago with the you know military backpacks and putting the weight on it and so um i love doing i love walking good you know i'm I'm just not into i always tease people i am not running unless i got a ball in my hand there's no ball in my hand i'm not running
1: (laughs) Um, and uh, do you have a particular spiritual motto or a verse or something that really um, you you stand firm on on a, a regular basis? I
0: love Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Iron sharpens iron, men sharpen men. You know, I'm not sure if that's a motto. But, uh, you know, I love the book of Proverbs. When we go to church sometimes, when we get to the sermon, sometimes I'll sneak the Bible open and my wife's like, she'll smack me, pay attention, pay attention. But I just, I love the book of Proverbs. It's part of my favorite.
1: Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And last thing, what is something unique about you?
0: I, I don't know if it's unique, just, you know, doing multitasking. The things that I do in a day, sometimes I sit back and go, there's, there's no way, you know, there's no way to get all that done, but I do. And then when I don't have anything to do, I go crazy.
1: <laughs> and it's unique that you played professional football, CFL, and, and I did. Europe. So that's
0: that's unique. I did. I've been been, been around uh, a long time ago. Uh, I was showing my son that we were cleaning the house because we moved, and he found some VHS tapes with all my highlights. And he was like, "What
1: is this? What's a VHS tape?" <laughs> so I don't know. We're never going
0: to watch it because there's, they don't even make them anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we are um, smack dab in the middle, obviously, still of this COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, Georgia at least has reopened in some capacity but sports is still silent. Um so as the coach of an arena football team in Georgia and uh, and and a high school uh teams as well track and football uh, how are um how are you and how are your players and how is do you think sports in general is handling uh just being quarantined and social distance and not getting to play sports?
0: I think uh you know sp- Whoa, this is gonna be a really crazy answer coming from a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as bad as a pandemic as it's been, and all the things that are going on and, and going on in the world, what it has done is it has made everybody and I believe I can't remember what part of the Bible says it, but there's a way that that nature and that God makes everything stop for a reason to make everybody realize what's really important. You know, and so as I sit at my house, you know, during the day working from home like everybody else and I see people in the neighborhood walking with their families. I see people spending more time at the dinner table. I see p- less people on the phones, just in my environment. You know, we don't hardly watch any TV now. Well, as once as there's no sports, so we don't—we're not watching anything. And uh, it's not bad. I mean, I don't think life stops because there's no sports. What I think sports does is it creates environments. I'm not no—I mean, I love watching sports like everybody else. It's my life. It's how I live. But. I think sports create character. I think sports create relationships. It allows us to meet people. You know, me and you sitting here now because of sports. Um, it allows you to meet people and to uh find a common ground that's something that bonds people. That's what sports does. And that's what's so you know, strong in this country for me. And that's how I see it. So I miss it, but I, I, I've also learned from it too now.
1: Yeah. So your football players, because you were supposed to start your season you know, three weeks ago, so are they able to practice solo or with a, with a couple of friends or, or um, at their house? And you they're give them- practicing
0: at their houses. You okay. know, they're all from all across the country. I had one guy send me a video of him working out in his backyard in Chicago. A.J. Wells from Marion County, they did a big piece on him. He's got a big oak tree on his farm that he uses for a field goal post. Wow. I mean, it's pretty creative uh, how these guys are figuring out ways to work out. Um, I think the hardest part for them is being by themselves and being self-motivated. That's that's what's difficult, you know. But it's going to teach a lot of people. But right now, that's what they're doing. They're you know, they're not really – some of them are getting together if they're in the same vicinity. You know, I know Mason Espinosa is in town, and he's been working out with the draft picks. He's the guy, your, your quarterback. My quarterback. Um, just got voted the number one qu- arena quarterback in the country. And uh, I think he was throwing passes to the guys from Harris County that got drafted. So they were all working out, you know, groups of three up in Harris County. So – some guys have the availability to do it and some don't.
1: Maybe they could get a coach on, on the phone yelling at them, Might be, you know, like on on FaceTime or Zoom perhaps. Maybe that's motivation. <laughs> yeah, no, the good thing about Mason
0: and some of those guys is that's what I love about Arena. They're highly motivated players, and that's what people – You you know, you got. Yeah, I got a couple draft picks on the team, but still when you get to that professional level, it's not about screaming and hollering and you got to do this. They motivate themselves. I just have to make sure I don't let them drive off the cliff. And just, you know, keep the, keep the car straight.
1: Yeah, and for fitness in general, I mean, have you noticed that people are, I mean, obviously a lot of people are not working right now and, um, and doing stuff from home, homeschooling. Do you see that, like, there's, there's teenagers, there's adults that are doing fitness things they wouldn't normally do, walking, even running, or, or, you know, these workouts you can find on YouTube, perhaps?
0: Yeah, I've noticed a lot of that. It makes you realize what you really, I mean, unfortunately, what you really can do at home. I mean, one of the issues I had a long time ago as I was coaching and you go to work out and I went to work out at X place or this place or that place, by the time you get cleaned up, by the time you drive there, work out, drive home, you know, it's so much easier to just do it at your house. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that kind of works out, you know, Yeah. but, but I, I, that's what I see, you know, getting everybody involved at their homes and working out and yeah.
1: And the big question a lot of people want to ask is, when are we going to get to see sports again? Because, you know, uh, Major League Baseball is still in limbo. It's supposed to start as well. And the NFL, because around here, Georgia and Alabama, football is king, whether it be arena or college or NFL. So is there an idea um, about when things could get going, or is that still really very much up in the air?
0: I think it's all up in the air. Everybody set dates. I know NASCAR is trying to come out. I know PGA is trying to. I just saw something about the NBA. There's allowing players to report Friday for team practices, um, things like that. So I think everybody's still being cautious, and it's a slowdown, but as teams practice and as more people start to get back to normalcy, if people realize, wow, this isn't as bad as we thought it was, all of a sudden I think it may accelerate the process. I mean, as of right now, everything I'm hearing is late August, late September. The NFL might not play. College might not play, and they're being precautious, but – I mean, at some point, money's going to get in the way, and then money's going to take over, in my opinion. So, who knows?
1: Yeah, and, and I guess, you know, uh, you, I, I do, do, are you agreeable to playing without fans? Is that Would that be an unusual thing for, for your coaching staff and your players to, to be in, there without anybody cheering or booing? <laughs> I mean, that would be
0: weird because arena, the number one thing about arena football from day one, 1987, is they started out with the fans' bill of rights. It's always been about the fans in arena football, and that's – kind of the atmosphere that builds because as me and you sit in this podcast and we're six feet away, still, you know, you get a sense of what's going on. And when you're going to an arena game and you're a fan, you can hear, smell, see everything that you can't get in an NFL game.
1: You're up right literally against
0: the field. You're right there. And, you know, even in hockey, they've got the glass up. So there's still kind of a barrier. There's no barrier. And the fans, you know, make that happen. You
1: take all that out. I'm not sure what kind of product it is. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see what happens. And you were talking about how um, we have been forced to slow down uh, right. because of the coronavirus pandemic, and you know, which could be a good thing in some way for a lot of us. So, in terms of from a from a faith perspective, you know, churches obviously have been a lot of times online for the last month or more, and some are starting to resume maybe a, a different kind of in person service. For you, you know, um, do you think faith has uh, really been paramount in terms of maybe changing people's faith during this whole process and having people kind of uh, do some self-reflection?
0: I think it gives a lot of people time to send to think. Um, me personally, I believe in, you know, and of course, you know, our church is doing virtual services and doing it. For me, there's nothing like being in the church, in the building, in that brick and mortar with Uh, you know, sharing your experiences or sharing that time with other people. That, to me, is the real disconnect. You know, obviously, uh, you know, because I think that's what brings people together in that setting. And I think, uh, for me personally, I get more out of it being in church, around other people, hearing the sermon, being right there, being able to uh, put everything else aside for that hour and a half or whatever long you're there. Uh, Sitting at home watching on TV just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't change my faith, but... Um, I just feel like people being together and, and with the church is being shut down. I think it hurts it a little bit.
1: Yeah. And you were talking to me off, Mike, about how, you know, you're now, you know, one of your new roles is, um, you know, teacher now at home with <laughs> homeschooling for your kids. Uh, and you have two of them that, that were in school. Right. So, I mean, what's that been like in terms of your changing role as a father and a husband? Because you work, you know, several full-time jobs and you're out of the house a lot now it's kind of you're in the house a lot right well I mean, it's
0: a pretty good day honestly and it's crazy the days are running in each other i don't know when it's the weekend when it's wednesday who knows but you know i get up six i try to get up at 6 30 call is spade a spade i'll hit the <laughs> snooze a couple times so i'm usually up before seven i get up and i do all my work before nine the best i can when it's quiet then the boys wake up they come upstairs they eat you know jet gets his assignments gunner goes next door to his grandmother's for the desktop he does his assignments they bring them all back. I hold them and file them and get ready. If they have questions, I answer them. They usually done pretty quick because they're pretty smart. So, and that's the daily routine. And then I turn all the work in on Thursday. And then they start back with their work again. And so it's they got a really good system at their school at Glenwood of how they turn their work in. It's pretty. It's very um, standardized, which was good. You know, you know exactly when to turn it in, how to turn it in. So from a homeschool standpoint, I'm not sitting there in a textbook, <laughs> you know, reading and you know doing stuff like that. Yeah. So. It's been kind of easier on me because my boys enjoy school work. Yeah. I, I'm really blessed that they have that mentality. They don't wake up and go, "Oh, dad." Yeah. You know, they're like, "Hey, where's my work at today? You know, did you turn my work in?" So that that's refreshing for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, um getting more time with your family obviously is a, a benefit to all this, but um how much do you miss right now coaching and being around the guys, the football players, being on the sidelines and calling plays? Um, is that something you truly miss right now and, and kind of uh, really itching to get back to?
0: You know, I didn't think I did miss it until we had an encore presentation of the Lehigh Valley game that we had, that we won the playoff game a couple of years ago. That was an unbelievable comeback. And we were literally, as a family, sat around and watched it like it was a regular broadcasting game, even though we knew the outcome. And I remember watching it, remembering situations throughout the game and just the – and then it started, okay, I remember so-and-so was there. I remember the flight up. I remember the hotel stay. Those memories is what, you know, and then, and of course, being on the field. So, yeah, I'm really starting to miss it. Um, but now it's getting to the point where it's starting to stretch out that I'm almost forgotten what it feels like. Yeah. And so, I, you know, who knows?
1: Yeah. And and is this something where you think uh, this will change sports forever? Because we will eventually get back to playing football and having live sports. But you think it will – you know, football and um, track or whatever else maybe will never be the same because of this? Or
0: I'm, I'm going to use a really crazy um, uh, analogy. I'm not sure if it works, but it's just my opinion. Um, I remember where I was at on 9-11, and it was a Tuesday morning. It was 10 a.m. That Thursday I was scheduled to go back to Europe to play football for a European team that had called me back. So I'd already have my plane ticket. And when 9-11 happened – of course, they shut down all the air, they they grounded all the flights. But that Thursday, my flight was the first flight out of the country, out of Philly, to go back to Europe. And I remember going to the airport and the security measures and the things that we had to do and all the things that came after nine eleven from an FAA standpoint of what you had to do to get a plane ticket. And I remember the uproar. I can't believe we got to do this. I can't believe we do that. But in the end of the day, it made us safer. And we realized that we had some flaws, and it made it safer. And now it's not a big deal. It's part of our makeup. It's part of the routine when you go to the airport. You don't think about it. It's just all the checks you have to go through to do it. So when I look at this pandemic, and unfortunately, um, you know, people are losing their lives, but it's teaching us what we should have been doing in the first place. Yeah. And it's going to change us for a little bit, and it could be awkward, and it could be some certain situations. Do I want to get my temperature checked every time I come in someplace, or do I have to, you know, whatever? But, at the end of the day, two, three years down the road, when things back to normal, that will be standard practice, and it will save lives, you know, and so I look at it that way
1: yeah absolutely and 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 you we're talking about football a little bit. you have um a storied history of you know twelve years of high school football coaching experience with the lion Columbus Lions and Columbus, Georgia for uh fourteen seasons so far, but you also were a player right i think uh um uh, you started off in West Virginia as a quarterback, turned into a wide receiver, so uh for you uh, what do you remember most about your playing days from whether it be from college um at Fairmont State University or even going off to you know europe c f l is it uh, do you reminisce about that and think back to the how man that was really the you know the glory days
0: I, I miss the um you know as I get older now as i'm forty six I miss the 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 nature of the competitiveness of of pushing yourself beyond what you can do. Physically, and I just remember. I think I missed that the most. Uh, you know, I tell people I, I. I think I was figuring out the other day or last year. I think I've been in over three hundred something games as a player, as a coach, which is a lot when you're looking at ten game seasons. Even though I'm only forty six, but you got to remember for a couple of years I double dipped, where I would literally play arena in the spring, and then go coach high school in the fall, and then now I'm coaching arena in the spring, coaching high school in the fall. When you add it up, one year. I played in Europe. As soon as I got back, I played, I played a 16-game in Europe. I got back, I played a 16-game arena season, and then I got signed to the CFL. So in a 14-month span, I played 36 weeks.
1: Yeah, got to take an, an, a phys, physical and emotional toll, I'm sure. Well,
0: yeah, it was a lot of games, and so you put that much time in. But, I, I, you know, the journey, everybody talks about the journey, but I miss the the grind of the discipline of working out. When I think of school – I think of, you know, getting up when nobody was at the – you know, I, I remember getting in trouble for breaking in the field house or in the gym um, to work out in the mornings. I got caught. You know, of course, they didn't do anything. But, you know, I remember that. I remember running that huge hill at Fairmont Fairmont. You know, I had these strength shoes. They were hilarious. You ever seen those? They were these shoes. <laughs> really tall? With blocks on the toes. And they were usually made for basketball players. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was to increase your vertical jump. And right. there's a whole program. And jump off your toes. Right, because it strengthens your your calf and your Achilles. Mm-hmm. But I, I took them for football, and I ran sprints in them outside in the grass. <laughs> and I remember doing that stuff. And so that's what I miss the most. I mean, the scores come and go. I, I vaguely remember, some, but that's what we're conditioned to do to push ourselves. And, and we get satisfaction out of that.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I, I miss that the most. Absolutely, yeah. What Was it um, – because obviously, you, you were a quarterback, I assume, all through high school. Right. Was it a tough transition going from that, that leader? Because, I mean, obviously, you have the leadership abilities, that right. to be somebody who's catching the ball. And, you know, you, you set some great records with that as well. Was that a well, big transition for you?
0: No, it worked It worked. It worked well for one. It's either, either I moved the receiver or I wasn't going to play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was a sophomore, and they signed a, the, the number one recruit in the state of West Virginia to come in and play quarterback, and he was going to play. And uh it worked out well for me just because being a quarterback you have to be able to read defenses. So being able to go to receiver and already and I knew what he was thinking. And so it kinda helped me out. And when I look back on it, it's probably one of the greatest um life lessons I've ever had to to have to suck it up and move to a different position. And and then, you know, actually, you know, I got benched. I think my senior year, I came in, I was a preseason All American or whatever. And uh the first game of the season, we were playing in the University of Pennsylvania, and the guy beside me, my teammate, had 15 catches, breaks a school record. Wow. Um, So they benched me the next week to start him. And I'm thinking, you know, I was ready to transfer. You know how people are. Times haven't changed. But I stuck it out, and I said, I'm here. I'm going to do what i got to do. So I rode the bench for two weeks that senior year. And then in game three, we had a guy get hurt. So we had to go with a certain personnel set. I get in the game, scored four touchdowns. Wow. And then so the next week we stayed with the same set. I scored four more. <laughs> and then, it, you know, so the rest of that season was, was pretty magical. And um, I, I, I love telling that story to kids about perseverance. You know, I've been in the same shoes. Hey, I'm not playing. I want to leave. I want to transfer. I want to get out. Um, but if you tough it out, you just got to prepare yourself. And when the door opens. And so that was that was pretty you know, that was that was a good memory for me.
1: Yeah, and uh, I know how your Christian faith is a big part of your life, and and you try to bring that t- to your football team as well. Um, has that been something that's been a part of you know you for a long time? Like even back to your you know co- uh, college and and CFL playing days, uh, or is that something that's no, kind of come came after that?
0: It, it really wasn't. I got to thank my wife for that. My wife's very. My my wife's very uh, faith-based in her family, um, you know, for a while there. You know, me growing up, even though I was in Maryland Southern Baptist, you went to church, you went to church, you went to Sunday school, you know, and that was part of your life. That's how it was, that's what you did, and you never thought anything of it. And I'm thankful that my mom, you know, there's a lot of times that we didn't want to go, but, you know, we always went, of course, when you're young. But as I got into college, you know, unfortunately for me, it didn't change who i was but i didn't yeah i kind of put it on the back burner i think age with anything makes you realize what's important how things work and then of course you know i met my wife 15 14 years ago and uh that was a big part of her life and then it became a big part of my life and then it kind of you know morphed into that yeah. You know what I can say.
1: And now do you do you bring that you know with you to your job? Is that kind of uh, something that you uh, try to instill or at least mentor, use that to mentor some of your players?
0: I do more so with the high school than, than with the pro guys. Um, you know, especially with the high school, I think I use the faith when you talk about high school. And it's a hard transition because in, in arena, it's win or go home. You know, it doesn't matter – how you treat people, it doesn't really matter. Uh, a lot of things, it's, it's are you winning football games? If you're winning football games, you stay. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters. That's what people are paying money to come watch. You know, they're not coming, to, you know, for the most part, just because I have great character. They're not saying, oh, you know, we're going to come, you know, watch you play.
1: And you've done well with that. The Lions, what, two championships? Three. Three, okay. Yeah. Correct me, yeah, three. Yeah, two. three.
0: Should have been five. I lost two of them. So
1: when you made the playoffs, I think, all but one season? Every year but one. Yeah, that's right. So great. we've had a
0: lot of success. Sure. From a high school standpoint. It's a little more serious because you're mentoring young men. So you have to go from a transitional point to um from the from the older guys to the high school kids. And my main focus with the high school kids is, you know, faith, you know, family football in those orders. It's always that order, always the three F's. And teaching those kids. My job from a faith standpoint is to lead by example, be a good Christian. And being a good Christian doesn't mean I'm up there preaching the Bible and running off Bible verses. Being a good Christian to me is how you act for them, what you represent. Can you lead them? Can you help mentor them to be? And I say this every year, and they always, I do say this with the lines. Um, but, you know, all these situations you go through in a game, all the situations you go through in practice, all these scenarios that you think challenge you every day teach you to be a better father and be a better husband. That's, that's my goal. My goal now is to make sure that I'm teaching kids how to be good fathers and good husbands um, so we can continue and then and involve your faith with it, um, yeah. and that's how I see it.
1: And hopefully that will make them more well-rounded and even better football players with that kind of perspective in mind, right?
0: Yeah, you hope so. Uh, you know, just teaching them how to fail. And I mean, I'm mean, i not teaching them how to fail, but teaching them how to recover from being knocked down.
1: Because it's going to happen.
0: It's going to happen, and somebody's going to start over you, or you're going to lose a game, or you're going to – you know make a huge uh huge mistake that could cost you a game or the the discipline that goes into getting to a point and then you look at a player who works his butt off for the whole off season and gets hurt the first game of the season and tears his ACL and his whole career is over. Yeah. So where does that kid go as far as mentality? And hopefully that you've instilled um by example how to you know rebound from that and then you take that example and all of a sudden now That same kid takes a job that he's been at for 18 years or 15 years, and you walk in and you get fired. You know, and then how how does he rebound? So then hopefully they can reflect say, I've been here before. Yeah. This is
1: what I'm going to do. And sometimes people do things or play. Not to fail or not to get injured, and that can be detrimental as well. You want to take risks sometimes to be able to kind of achieve and have that success. Yeah, you have to. You have to fail. I mean,
0: if you never failed in life, how how do you know? I mean, it's like everything given to you. You have to be able to. You know, they always say you'll appreciate it more, but you got to try things and you got to push yourself. And, you know, that's what I love about sports. I think that's what everybody's missing with it right now.
1: Absolutely. And uh, so, you know, the NFL, uh, they've been talking about um, – I know you're a fan. Are you more of a fan of NFL or college football? Huge NFL fan. Or NFL, okay. So uh, they've been talking about bringing people back to practice facilities in certain cities and uh, maybe having some semblance of a season. Who knows? I mean, again, it's all up in the air. But um, are you hoping that we're going to be able to have football – maybe in June or you know, July or August? Do you think that's a, a reality? You know, No, well, I guess not for arena football, but I guess uh, you've got more time when it comes to the other football seasons, right?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think there's a chance we can get – I, I think the arena team can get on the field. The issue we're going to run into, we'll find out later this week and next week, is the availability of other arenas. There's too much um, – too many variables that yeah. we can't control. Yeah, That's the problem. As far as the NFL, I think the NFL is good enough. I think they're far enough away, um, and and here's the thing about the NFL: if if you don't feel comfortable and you don't feel safe, then don't go to the game. You know, it's it's a choice. Everything's a choice, and I think the NFL will be fine.
1: Yeah, and if no, so if you're a a player, well, I mean, you are a, a coach now, but if you're a player or a coach, like say in the NFL or yeah. for a a major Division One college football team, is this something where this is? a potentially scary situation where like, what if one player comes down with the virus, then it becomes this whole deal, right? I and mean, so I guess there's a lot of scenarios that are unknown at this point.
0: I don't know how to, I, I can't, I don't have a, I don't have a qualified enough answer for that. You know, I just, I remember in college we had a kid, um, you know, come down with meningitis, which is deadly. Mm-hmm. You know, and that thing can spread quick. We all went in, we all got shots. Of course, you know, you're talking about vaccines, but Um, they cancel spring practice for the rest of the year because of the contagiousness in the locker room for the meningitis. So I think there's always going to be
1: risks. And uh, for you, I know you said you've been working kind of from home and from the office some and trying to juggle all the different jobs. Um, Is it, uh, you know, do you think that life will kind of go back? There will be a normal or a new normal for, for like your jobs or other people's jobs you know um later you know this summer perhaps i mean are you hoping for that or are you thinking that well maybe like you said we needed this wake-up call No,
0: there's there's two phrases i always say (laughs) i always tell my wife you know tomorrow the sun will rise you know and, and things will move on and this will pass um there'll be some bad things that come from it there'll be some good things that come from it there'll be jobs lost and there'll be jobs created you know out of necessity and out of people being home you know This is a time where people are home and they're they're realizing, you know what? I really don't like that job. I really don't, and I can't believe I've been working it every day. You know, I'm going to take a chance. This has been always been my dream to do X, Y, Z, and I think it's going to create, you know, more jobs. At the end of the day, with people just wanting to do their ideas and realize, hey, you know, I don't want to go sit in that office every day and work for somebody else. Maybe I want to work for myself, and now I'm going to take a chance. Um, And so it's a possibility. You know, who knows?
1: Yeah, well, thanks very much, Coach Jason Gibson, for uh, coming on. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll be praying for you guys and, and rooting for you to win a uh, a fourth championship. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully that will happen. Uh, we'll we'll kind of wait and see when the Columbus Lions season start, and we uh, we hope it will be very soon.
0: Man, I really appreciate it.
1: All right, thanks, Coach. It was great to hear from the coach, my friend Jason Gibson. I know he's looking forward to getting back on the field along with his players and the fans, and uh, we'll see maybe uh, mid-June the Columbus Lions may be uh, back on the field, uh, uh, maybe with fans in the stands, maybe not. So we're in a whole new world. We'll see what happens with uh, also with Major League Baseball and the NBA. Can they resume? And the NFL looks like it's in pretty good shape, so we'll have to see what happens. Now to our final segments of this podcast for Run the Race, and we're going to start with some food for thought that uh, has a little bit of a uh, pigskin uh, football flair as well. And we'll start with the, uh, the faith side of things as former University of Alabama quarterback Tua Tongavailoa Drafted fifth in the NFL draft recently by my Miami Dolphins. Was recently uh, talked with the uh, CBN national talk show, the 700 Club, talking about how he has a, a rich spiritual history. In fact, his mom, Diane, says, quote, for our family, it's basically faith, family and football you know so everything is based on our faith grounded and rooted in that uh, Tua said he has that great moral foundation in life and that really has helped prepare him for football he says you know when you're quarterback your base is your biggest thing in terms of follow through and your foundation you know you revert back to so for him he says his foundation is faith and family, and it keeps him motivated and and, uh, stay motivated as well. Uh, Tua tonga also discussed with CBN on the 700 Club about the basis of his Christian faith. He says, quote, The greatest gift that God could have ever given us was his son. It's not just a matter of hearing what Jesus Christ is. It's a matter of getting to know who Jesus is. And I'd say you can only find your identity through him. If you know him, so, you know, his grandfather Tua's grandfather made the prediction when he was a baby, he would he would be world renowned and bring honor to God. And uh, he says that his grandfather, you know, always gave him pep talks and soft words and to be like the, to have the heart of David. And so we'll see. And I'm proud of Tua for standing up for his beliefs as a football player who's now going to make a lot of money in the NFL playing for the Miami Dolphins. We wish him all the best. Now on the fitness side of things, the pandemic definitely creating uh, obstacles for folks. Uh, there's uh, two players uh, that are walk-ons for Michigan State, and uh, they are doing something they've dubbed the Farm Boy Workout. It's kind of like what you used to see in the old Rocky movie from decades ago. They say it's a good workout and kind of like CrossFit, uh, but you uh, they're having to use some uh, different things because they can't go to the gym, especially as a team. Some of their teammates are using cinder blocks and wooden sticks as weights, and another one using uh, lifting gallon water bottles. One of the players we're talking about, Eli Jackson, when he learned the the school's on March 12th, would we'll be closing indefinitely. He and his father began plans to convert areas inside their barn on their property. It's, it's a dairy farm from from you know a hundred years ago. They made it into a makeshift workout facility with a weight bench, a weight bar, and about 225 pounds of plates, a punching bag another player from Michigan State as well Nick Hunter he took an old tractor tire and some sledgehammers and hit it for 20 reps and uh that's just was his warm up and he didn't have dumbbells or anything so for curls he would actually take old feed bags and fill them up with rocks and other things to make them as heavy as, as, as heavy as he could so a little bit of ingenuity going a long way and uh you know picking up logs and throwing them around so uh, they're definitely uh, getting the workout on the farm getting ready for the next season of football whenever that is to begin um, you know arena league football that might start sooner but NFL' have got plenty of time to uh, let this pandemic pass our parting gift for today is from first corinthians 925. It says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Again, that's from 1 Corinthians in the Bible. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's just a game. Uh, Football, baseball, anything we root for and get excited about, it is simply just a game. And we can learn uh, about self-discipline, about perseverance from these well-trained athletes and football players But our game, uh, the game of life, uh, running the race in terms of uh, after Jesus and what we believe, whatever you believe personally in terms of your faith, that's the race. That's the true game that has eternal value. Thank you so much for listening to the Run the Race podcast, which you can find on uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and also Apple Podcasts, where if you go to the bottom there at Apple, we'd love for you to write a quick uh, um, uh, a five-star rating, and write us a review. Uh, help us keep this going, and uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, excited about continuing this journey of fitness and faith with you on a regular basis, praying uh, that uh, everything continues to go well for you and your family, and we're going to close out in prayer today. Dear God, uh, just thank you for this uh, opportunity to uh, to speak over the airwaves right now about uh, giving you glory, and uh, God, that even though we don't have our regular routines going now, we can't be with some of our loved ones, we can't uh, um, go to sports games. Lord God, that you will help us to, in this time to, of slowing down to focus on you and to, to help us to reshape our priorities and uh, put you first in our lives. And uh, God, we just uh, keep everybody safe. Uh, that's around us, our, our family members, our friends, our co-workers, as things open back up in terms of businesses in Georgia and Alabama and all over the nation. We pray for safety, that there's not a spike in cases and in deaths, and I pray for our nation's leaders right now as well. In your name we pray, amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us for this Run the Race podcast. I look forward to talking to you guys every week. And I thank again for uh, Coach Jason Gibson for spending time to come down here and staying uh, 6 to 10 feet apart from me as he walked into the building. We took his temperature as well to make sure everything was safe. So until next time, we hope you guys have a great week.